Hey, this is Pastor Chris with Believer City Church. Listen, I want to thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to this message on today. It's my prayer that something said will encourage you to believe in God, believe in yourself, and believe in others. And with that being said, let's jump straight into the message. Touch my heart so that I will feel. And renewing me a right mind so that I will do. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. All of God's people said Amen. Amen. To all of our guests, I do not take it lightly that you're here. I am overwhelmed that God loves me enough to continue to allow new faces in the place. For our uh, members who may have been out for a while, man, don't think I don't see you either. I am so grateful for you, uh, and f- I'm grateful to see that you have fallen in and uh, in full effect, and God's favor is still on your life. Amen? Listen, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 I just want to read verse four, and then we'll, talk, we'll tell you more about the verse here in a minute. Uh, but this is what verse four uh, reads. Matter of fact, I'm not going to even read you all of verse four. I'm just going to read you the first stanza of verse four. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church, and this is what he says. Uh, love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. We need not go any further. I just want to stop right there and put a pen in it. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. For a moment today, I want to kick off this new series entitled Love's Reaction with the message titled Love's Confident Reaction. Amen. You may be seated in the place on today. Love's Confident Reaction. Love's Confident Reaction. Man, there is a lot of words in the world that are misused and mispronounced. And, and as a result of it, when we misuse these words, sometimes things can be kind of taken out of context. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys uh, are Facebookites and, and spend your time on Facebook periodically during the week, but there is this video that has been going around that has made this young lady famous because there was a flood that happened in her neighborhood. And although there was a flood that happened in her neighborhood, the news media came out to interview her. And they was like, how did this flood affect your house? How are things going? And she was like, well, it hadn't really affected us yet. It's a little bit downstream. It hadn't came upstream yet, but it's been up here before. And if it gets flooded again, uh, they're going to evaporate us. And I just paused, looked and stared, evaporator. I was like, okay, she made an accident. It's cool. No problem. She proceeds to go through the interview and the lady asked her, well, what do you think? How do, how do you feel about this? She was like, we know what? It really don't bother me until they come and they, they make us evaporate. Eventually, they're going to tell us to evaporate. And I'm like, somebody turn the camera off now. How many times y'all going to let this woman on national TV say evaporate when what we really know she means is evacuate? They just played it over and over and over, and all of a sudden she's famous for all the wrong things. Her English teacher is just hitting herself upside the head right now because she got caught up in the moment and she was saying evaporate instead of evacuate. Misused words can change the meaning of everything, evaporate, meaning that we would dissipate, that we would leave, that things would would go away, but evacuate, meaning the same thing, but in a totally different context. And so she was confused. She used the wrong word, and as a result of it, she said what she did not mean. Can you believe that love 
is one of the most misused words in the English language. I love you. It don't take nothing for somebody to put them three words together. I love, man, you really mean the world to me. But your actions don't show it. Many of us treat love as an adjective, which we can most say it is a descriptive word, but the reality is that it's really a verb. It, it really causes that some things that have to take place, some things that should come to form. Many of us are saying love to situations that we really should say, I like. And the reason why we are misusing the word love, we picked the wrong four-letter L word, not love, but like, because like means it makes me feel good right now. Like means that if things don't work out and it doesn't fit me, that's fine. I can go to a season of dislike as it relates to it. I can remove myself from the situation. But the reality is love is not one of those things where you can just say, I don't want to deal with it anymore. Love is not like at work where you get to punch out and punch in whenever you want to. Love is something that you have to endure and stick through the good times and the bad times, the ups and the down. Love causes you to go through some things. I, I heard of one of the greatest artists of all time and say, love will make you want to do wrong, but make you want to do right. Y'all know who I'm talking about. I ain't the only one. I green in y'all house too. What y'all talking about? Love is one of those amazing things. And I think many of us have not really experienced love. And the reason why I can say that we have not really experienced love is because the greatest love that you could possibly ever experience is not between a mother and a child, it's not between a husband and a wife, but the greatest love that you can possibly ever experience is between, between God and yourself. Can I help you understand that the love that you experience between God and yourself is the love that defines everything else that you ever go through? See, I, some of y'all didn't have a big mama that cooked good in your house. And as a result of it, you, your big mama didn't cook good. And as a result of your big mama not cooking good, you go to anybody's house and you say they spaghetti tastes good. But when you had a big mama in your house that cooked good, there's some things that people put in front of you and you look at it like, what is this? Is this for the dog? Is this for me? What, what are we doing? And when you really have tasted of something great, now you have something to evaluate other things by. This is why many of us are in and out of broken relationships, because we have gotten with people who use the word, I love you, but their actions did not show what love was. The actions did not show what love was. God shows us what love is. Can I tell you something that in the Bible, 310 times the word love is mentioned in the Bible? If you say something 310 times, it has to be something that I have to pay attention to. I mean, in the Old Testament, 133 times it was mentioned. In the New Testament, 215 times it was mentioned. Love is important to God. Can I tell you something? Of all the commandments that God has given, he says the greatest of these is love. He says, I know you, I told you to honor your mother and father. I know you told you don't have no other God before me. I, I know I told you don't steal, kill, rob, destroy. I know I told you all of those things. But if you can just find a way to love one another, I promise you love will keep you from doing wrong to someone. Love will keep you from going through the heartache and pain. And so today, as we start this Valentine month where everybody's going to fall in love, everybody's going to go buy cars, the teddy bear store is going to be sold out, there will be no chocolates for the big boys to find, it's going to be all gone because everybody's in love. And this month, I feel like it's very important for us to talk about love's reaction. 
Because if we're going to use the word, we need to understand what is the response that we should receive to the word. I love what Paul does in 1 Corinthians. I love what he does in this particular text because what Paul does is he writes this epistle. He writes this letter to these group of believers. And in writing this letter to these group of believers, Paul, before he even mentions love, he begins to to set it up. He, 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 he sets the table. He, he puts the plates out. He puts the silverware out. And he uses the first three verses to tell us that, listen, it doesn't mind. I don't mind if you have the gift of prophecy, but it does you no good if you can't have love. I don't care how well you speak in tongues. It's worthless if you do not have Love. He's, you can have all the money and you can give it to the church. You can do whatever you want to do. But if you don't do it and experience love, you are not living life. Paul says the best gift we can ever have is love. The best thing that we can ever share is love. We can sit here all day and talk about what our church does have, what our church doesn't have. But you know, the one thing that I want to make sure our church always has is love. When you come in this place, you should feel love. You should not feel judged. You should not feel ignored. You should not feel like you don't have enough or you don't fit in. You should automatically feel love. No matter where you come from, no matter when you come, Believer City is a place that should be filled with Love, but how can we be filled with something that some of us have never experienced? Pastor, what do you mean we've never experienced? Because some of you have had mothers that have told you they loved you, but they hurt you. I'm not talking about the hurt that kids experience when they did wrong and they just get in trouble for what they did. I'm talking about when you have done nothing, but they have given you up. When you have done nothing and they have lied on you, wrote you off, used your name and messed up your credit. That, that type of love is what I'm talking about. Some of you have had fathers that have abused you that turns around and say they love you. Men and women that beat you and lie to you and cheat on you, but can open their mouth and say they love you. I dare not go to a, a, a person that has never experienced the love of God and tell them that God loves you. The reason why I dare not just go boldly and tell them that God loves you because you don't know what that person has been through and what love looks like to them. What if they just left their house and their drunk husband just knocked them out on the ground and when he was done, baby, I love you. Can you go to the store and get me something? You think they want to hear that God loves me? Is God going to treat me like this? Is this why I'm going through what I'm going through because God loves me? Can you clearly tell me what does God love look like? This is why I believe Paul takes a minute in his text and he says, listen, I know y'all been through some things. Y'all seen some things, but I want to make sure that you understand what love is. And so today I only want to deal with the first stanza of this full in-depth passage that Paul writes about love, which is built in verse four, where Paul says to the people that love is patient, love is kind, and love is not jealous. 
When I was looking at this and I was preparing for this message, I was like, God, what is this that you put here? And the reason why I pulled this particular phase uh, for those English uh, majors in the building, uh, just to show you that I did pay attention in class, uh, there is a semicolon in this particular stage, which this semicolon represents that the whole statement is connected, but there are yet, yet still separate points. And so it says that everything before the semicolon goes together, but don't ignore it because it acts as an and that says that all of this has to flow together. So I want to deal with the first part because if we get the first part, maybe we can understand the second part next week. The first part simply says love is patient, love is kind, and love is not jealous. I prayed and I said, God, what are you trying to tell us? What does, what does this mean? And I, I, I come to the understanding that if you don't know anything else, that you need to understand that love is confident. That love is confident. What does it mean to be confident? Confidence allows you to live without concern. That's what confidence does. There is no insecurity when you are are confident. There is no uncertainty when you are confident. It's not going to him and say, oh, I think I'm in love. No, 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 no. It is for sure. It's not that puppy love thing. It's the real deal. It's the holy field. I, I'm, I'm in this. I'm, I'm sold out. Uh, I, I, I heard one of our sisters, she's not here today so I can tell a story. She was talking about in Marriage Matters. She was talking about in Marriage Matters how, how uh, she went through a, a situation where her car broke down and, and her, her husband, who now, which was her boyfriend then, uh, told her, just take the car, car to the shop. And she didn't ask no questions. She took the car to the shop. But internally, she was like, what in the world is going to go on? I, I reason it ain't at the shop because I don't have the money to pay for it to go to the shop. Man took the car to the shop. The car got to the shop and stayed there for a period of time. After it was stayed there for a period of time, they called and said, hey, your car is ready. So they didn't call him. They called her. And at this time, her husband was still her boyfriend. So she then did the only thing she could do. You told me to take the car to the shop. Hey, the car is ready. <laughs> Says, all right, I'll come and pick you up. Takes her down, picks her up, car's ready. I won't go into the details of the story, but at the end of the day, he paid the bill. It made her then look at things a little different because he just ain't no boyfriend. He's somebody that's trying to make this official. This wasn't no little bit of bill. This was a $1,400 bill. I would look at my wife crazy. She come to me with a $1,400 bill. <laughs> this brother had to be in love. He was confident in where he was, and so as a result of it, he says, I'm all in. I don't have anything to worry about. I love this individual. And so therefore, I'm not worried about backing out. I'm not worried about if I'm going to get it back. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going all in. Today, I want to make sure that every time you open your mouth and say that you love your church, that you love your pastor, that you love your husband, that you love your wife, that you love your mama, that you love your job. I want to make sure that you understand that when you say that you love something, you better be all in. Because everything is not always going to go your way. Things will cost you. Things will come to a disadvantage to you. But when you say that you love them, you have to be all in. You have to be confident in your position. It's okay to go home and tell them, hey, I know I told you last week I love you. But today, after hearing pastor, I just really think I like you a lot. I like you a lot. Don't, don't take it personal. We can get to the love. But right now, I like you a lot. I like you. Some of us have entered marriages off of liking somebody a lot. And as a result of it, once we didn't got in them, we are almost ready to check out because we don't, we don't understand what happened. I thought I was in love. No, you was in like. I was no in love. He did the right things. He said the right things. 
Everything went smooth. Everybody does that. It's like a new, a used car at a new car dealership. You think that they fixed everything? No. They just washed it up, waxed it pretty good, wipe all the oil off the bottle on the motor, and then when you take it home, it's your problem. All they try to do is get you to sign the paper. That's why he don't pick up his clothes off the floor. That's why he ain't in here. Oh, hold on. Let me get off that. Some women looking at that man. Let me, let me back up. I'm sorry, fellas. Let me, let me get back to the text. Let me get back to the text. Love is confident. Love is confident. And, and I want to make sure that you understand the ways love is confident. Paul writes this and he says, love is so much more important than anything else that you could possibly have. Love is patient. Love is kind. And love is not jealous. I want you to know the attributes of what it means to be confident in your status of love. The first thing that I want you to write down, take a note, take a picture, whatever you want to do, is love is confident in the value. Love is confident in the value. Pastor, how do you get the concept that love is confident in the value? Because Paul writes and he says, love is patient. Can I tell you what patience is? Patience is the ability to withstand. Patience is the ability to wait even though you had not received whatever it is that you're expecting to receive. Patience says that it's so important, that it's worth so much, that I'm going to sit still and wait for that divine opportunity. That's what patience is. Patience sees the value in something before they even see the value in themselves. My wife was a very patient woman because ain't no way if she was the male, female version of me had I stuck around. But as a result of her seeing more in me than what I was displaying myself, her patience is what allowed her love Amen. to withstand the test of time. She saw value in, in what she was connected to. And so she was not just saying, oh, because he opens the door for me. Oh, because he looks like this. Oh, he smells like this. She says, you know what? He jacked up. He's a work of art. But I, I see some beauty in that thing. I, I can make something happen if I just stick around and I let me and God work on this situation. That I can see, and when I see the value in something, I can hold tight and wait my turn. You know you love something when you can say, let me... Let me just sit and wait on it. I love pastoring. I know God has called me to preach to thousands of people. I know that without a doubt. I've done it before. I know that that's going to happen again. I know that, that I will reach and teach multiple levels of people. But let, let me tell you something. I have to be patient. And patience says when you didn't have anybody, would you still preach? Patience says when, when, you, when you barely got enough, will you sacrifice what you have to make sure that it survives? That's what love causes you to do. Love is a investment. Can I help you understand that Jesus saw the value in humanity? And we're going to go back and forth with this. But in John 3, 16, he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loved the world. In other words, he says he loved humanity. He loved that which he has created, even though that which he has created has over and over and over and over and over and over done me wrong. I still love him. And as a result of it, all I'm going to do is I'm going to give my son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Catch this. He didn't say I'm going to make them believe. He says whosoever believe. In other words, he says this is going to take some time. Yeah. Yeah. I ain't going to get all of them at once. But I'm going to wait for them because I love them. I don't know about you, but I, I am glad God has been patient with me. 
There are some times where God should have gone and wiped me off the board and said, you know what, this one ain't going to work. He's just a bad apple. I don't need him. He ain't going to do nothing but cause trouble for the rest of them. So as a result of it, I'm getting, but he says, listen, I see something in him. He may not even see it in himself. And as a result of it, I'm going to be patient with him. Can I help you understand? I didn't understand the value of being a leader and being patient with people until I understood how patient God was with me. I didn't understand the value of being a husband and being patient with my wife or being patient with my children until I understood how God had been patient with me. Love did not mean the same until I understood what love means between my relationship with me and God. Yes, I had a great daddy. Yes, I had a great mama. But the fact still remains, they ain't God. They did their best to duplicate what God was doing, but they could never show me how much God has done. No matter how many times I've made my mama and daddy cry, there's still a part of them that was angry with me, but God still loved me. God never once for an opportunity opened up his mouth and said, you know what? That boy, that ain't no good. He already knew because everything he created was good. He just says something just got a hold on him. And if I could just wait long enough for him to break the hole, for him to choose me instead of that, if for him to choose me instead of his addiction, for him to choose me instead of what he longs for, if I could just get him to choose me, then he'll see the same value that I have to him that he has for me. It blew my mind when I seen, when I found out how important I am to God. Everybody wants to be important to somebody. But when I realized how important I am to God, it made him that much more important to me. When I realized, when I come here on Sunday and I see all of your beautiful faces and you bring your children, you entrust us to lead you and to teach you the word of God, that shows me how important I am to God. Forget the fact that he wants me to lead my family. He gives me 50 families to lead. And as a result of it, I know that I have to stay in tune with him. Why? Because I ain't even fit to lead my own. But somehow, with his grace, he allows all my nonsense to make all sense. He puts everything together because he sees my value. God sees your value. And as a result of it, that's why he's been patient. Can I help you understand something? You ain't got away with nothing. It ain't that he don't see you. It ain't that he don't know what you're doing. He just sees your value. Now, the scary part of that is because if y'all like some kids, y'all, uh, y'all are doing what you got to do until you get caught and get busted. But can I help you understand something? All of us have a level of grace, a measure of grace that's been given unto us. Mine may have just been a little bit longer than yours. You play with God if you want to. You won't live to regret it. You have to understand how much God values you so that you can put yourself in a position to value him. Paul says, listen, love is patient. And I can just stick with patience all day, every day, because patience is a virtue. Patience is something that says, listen, this is more important than what is trying to distract me. I know it's not what I want it to be right now, and I know this looks like what I want, but yet and still, I'm going to wait on what I know that God has for me, because if I wait on what God has for me, then I don't have to worry about being let down by anything else. This is the reason why many of us cannot succeed, because we're not willing to wait on the Lord. The Bible says, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, shall mount up with wings as an 
an eagle. We have to get to the position where we wait on God that we have patience. Can I tell you something? Instead of being patient for him or patient for her or patient for it, maybe you should just be patient with God. Can I just be patient with God? God, can I love you enough that I'm going to, ooh, that hurt somebody today. Can I, can I love you enough, God, that I'm going to wait on you to make it make sense for me? That I'm going to wait on the man that you have for me, the woman that you have for me, the job that you have for me? Can I love you enough? You can never love someone until you love God, and you can never even love yourself until you love God, because God is the creator of all. He's the one that gives value. He defines what it is. Some of us have never been to an art museum. We'll go to an art museum and we'll see a painting on the wall and it just looks like a bunch of sasquatch, squish squash. It just looks like a hot mess. But you take the artist and allow the artist to stand next to that picture. He can tell you, listen, do you see the emotion? Can you see the passion in the painting, the elevation of the art? And all of a sudden, when he begins to describe it, things just seem to pop out at you. Can I help you understand that the reason you don't even know who you are, because you had not had a conversation with the creator and he has not taken the opportunity. Have you seen the depth of who you are? You see and you think that you're broken, but those are areas where you've been built up. You have not allowed God to speak life into you. And as a result of it, that's why you don't love yourself. I know you feel like you love yourself. You look cute. I know. You like yourself. You're always on Instagram. I see it. Yeah, you like yourself a whole lot. But have you got to the point where you really love yourself? You need to go buy yourself a Valentine gift this year. Paul says if you, you really want to experience love, you have to be patient. But he says not only do you have to be patient, but he says, Paul says, you got to be kind. Oh, that's a hard one right there, Paul. I'm already being patient with an individual or a situation. <laughs> Paul, are you finna ask me to be kind? <laughs> Listen, I can wait, but I ain't gonna be no fool about waiting. That was some of that's the conversation how it would go with many of us. And Paul, Paul, listen, I'm sorry. Uh, he ain't where I'm on him. I'm gonna wait, but I'm not finna give him my money. I'm not finna invest in him. No, I'm not gonna. Make sure he gets it. And I'll, Paul, I'm not that dumb. I got student loans on myself, Paul. That ain't what I'm calling. Paul says you have to be kind. Can I help you understand the second attribute of, of love? Love is not only confident in its value, but love is confident in the need. Confident in the need. The kindness is a result of being confident in the need. And notice, notice, catch this wordplay, need, not want. Some of us have been kind to some wants, and that's why we live to regret our kindness. Real love is kind, is being confident to the need. I see somebody, I see someone, I see something in need, and as a result of my love for it, I'm going to be kind, kind, generous. I'm going to, I'm going to give it all I got. Many of us, have been in relationships, have been in churches that are broken. Yes, churches are broken. And as a result of them being broken, we do nothing but point at the problem. We are not being kind. 
we, we are pointing at the problem, and as a result of pointing at the problem, we, we are exposing it for everybody to see. See, real love covers it. Ooh, y'all going to help me preach this thing today. <laughs> real love, Bible says, covers a multitude of sin. What, what would it look like if God brought you before people and said, look at you? You see the specimen? All he did was lie. All he did was steal. But I love him. He's worth nothing. But I, I love this old thing. But no, he says, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do you like that. Matter of fact, I don't even want to, I don't even want people to see you. I just want them to see me. <laughs> Kindness is what allowed him to say, for God so loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall have everlasting life. He says, I know death is looking for you, but every time they come looking for you, all they're going to see is me. It does not matter where they are. I, I'm going to give up the only thing I have of substance and value to cover you because I want to make sure that I don't lose anything that's worth. Because in Genesis, when I created you, I said you was good. And I can't lie, so I can't go back on my word. There's nothing bad about you, so I'm going to have to make you good even if you don't want to be good. This is why our parents say this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. The sacrifice, what I have to go through is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. We will never know the pain of what God had to go through seeing his son hung on the cross when he says, Father, why have thou forsaken me? And God never said anything back. How can you be the same God that looked down when I got baptized and told me that you are amazing, that you're wonderful, you got everything together, this is my son who I'm well pleased. Now that I'm dying, now that I'm in pain, I'm asking you, Father, what have they done to me? Look out for me. When I was in the garden and I was, I was begging you, I prayed to you three times, if this cup can pass from me, remove it from me. And you gave me no answer. And I had to get up and just say, let your will be done. It ain't that I wanted to go through it. Come to understand what it means just to be as much God as it has been man. I understand what pain now feels like. Can we not make another way for humanity to be redeemed? We are God. He says, let your will be done. And for a moment in time, God had to ignore essentially himself. Knowing that he was all powerful, knowing that he had all strength, knowing that he can make something up. He can, he, but he said, listen, this is my decree. This is what I put out. You know what this makes me think of when, when we look in the Bible, King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar loved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He loved those Hebrew boys. They were doing amazing things. They took his ministry from here to here. He was blessed because of them. And those ruthless hater Chaldeans came up in the place, had them create them, them bylaws and everything to try to destroy. And he created this thing and he said, listen, if somebody prayed to any other God than the God you created, you're going to have to put them in a fire in front of And they tricked him and said, hey, King, didn't you say? And anybody that did wrong, you were going to throw them in the fire furnace? Came to him with that decree. King said, yeah, you know, that's me. I'm king. That's my law. He said, hey, well, since you say that, your homeboy, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, them illegal immigrants that you put over us, you need to call them on in right now. 
and put him in. And Nebuchadnezzar goes before him and he says, listen, man, y'all just repent. Man, recant right now. Bow down. I'm going to blow the horns just for y'all. Just, I'm going to blow the horns for y'all. Y'all fall down and pray. Y'all fall down and pray. And, and, and they was like, man, king, I'm sorry. As much as we love you, we love God more. And as a result of my love, God, for more, I believe he will deliver me from the fire. But catch this. This is a crazy faith because he says, even though I know that you will deliver me from the fire, if you choose not to deliver me from the fire, so be it. And I could feel the pain in King Nebuchadnezzar when he has to escort these boys to the fire. And everybody that if you really read the story, you would come to understand that something was going wrong. Because when they opened the door to the fire, the Bible says that the individuals who were carrying them caught on fire and their clothes caught on fire. But yet and still, they, ooh, this is a whole nother message. But yet and still, they didn't catch on fire. They had the ability to walk into the fire on your own. Can I help you understand something? Love would allow you to walk into some dangerous situations simply because you believe that God will deliver you from it, they walk in and, ooh, I can imagine King Nebuchadnezzar's joy because he looks in and he says, hey, hey, my math is pretty good. I thought we just put three of them in there. Everybody like, yeah, King, Chaldeans, yeah, man, that's all we put in. It's three. Yeah, there's that a fourth one in there somewhere. He ain't got no business in there. How did, how did he get in there? I can imagine the joy because instantly he said, open it up. Bring them all out. Bring them all out because he understood that God was keeping them. Ooh, can I help you understand what that love did for that whole nation? It transformed everything. It transformed everything. And as a result of it, the king, he threw them haters in there because that hater that they fired that they thought was for them was actually for them. But yet and still, he brought them out. And as a result of it, this is what he said. From this day forth, everybody will praise the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Can I help you understand Shadrach, Meshach, Shadrach? I forgot their name. They're Chris. <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Can I help you understand that they understood that what they were going through at that time was a need that needed to be met? It was not something that they wanted to go through, but they understood that they're confident in their love for God. And if God needs to use them to meet a need, guess what he's going to do? He's going to meet the need. And as a result of it, they allowed God to use them. And as a result, everybody's lives will change. I help you understand the reason why you are not elevated is because you're too scared to meet a need. You forget you don't love the church enough. You don't love me enough. You don't love God enough to meet the need. What that song say? I love God. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? You got to get yourself in a position where you love God so much that, that you say, Lord, I'll give you whatever you, that's why I don't, I don't care about your tithes and your offering. That's between you and your God. I believe that if you love something enough, you ain't got to ask for nothing. My wife texted me the other day because I done took her credit cards from her and took everything from her. And I said, listen, you living on a budget. You got an allowance now. This is her. This is yours. She said, she said, baby, can I have some gas money? And I'm like, yeah, why you got to ask for that? Just get it. I, I said, that. I'm loving cash app. Y'all done blessed my world. I just sent that because it's a track record of my love now. I just sent that love. And I, I sent that thing on and she sent me a little heart back. And the next thing she sent me is a bunch of pictures of clothes she didn't buy for my daughter. See, that's the problem. You don't accept, you don't appreciate my love. I ain't actually gonna buy no clothes. You asked for, but yet and still, I saw a need and I was willing to meet it. Love allows you to be confident and meeting the need. You're not being used, you're being utilized. There's a difference between being used 
and being utilized. Used is when you're just doing what somebody wants you to do. Utilize is doing what somebody needs you to do. See, I could pull out a crescent wrench and there could be a nail in the floor that's sticking out. A crescent wrench is not designed to beat nails in the floor. But if I don't have a hammer, you think that crescent wrench going to tell me, no, you can't use me as a hammer. It's going to allow me to be utilized however it needs to be. Why? Because it is a tool designed to help me, not hinder me. God, y'all got to hold on to this stuff, man. It is a tool that is designed to help me and not hinder me. The reason why you should know that some people don't love you is because they spend more time hindering you than they do helping you. We're going to talk about that later. Let's get on. We, I got to get y'all out of here. Y'all on time restraint. Uh, uh, love is confident in the value, which is allow us to operate in patience. Love is confident in the need, which allows us to operate in kindness. But love is confident in the position. It's the final one. Love is confident in the position. Pastor, what do you mean love is confident in the position? Because Paul decrees, he declares real big and bold that love does not, it says, it says, and is not jealous. So love is patient, love is kind, but then he says, love is not jealous. Love is not jealous. Love is not jealous. Love is not insecure. Love is, is not concerned with your issues. Love is not worried about who's trying to holler at you and who ain't trying to holler at you. <laughs> love ain't worried about what you got on, what you don't have. Love is not Jealous. Why is love not jealous? Because love is confident in its position. Love says, I know I'm the best thing for you. So if you don't love yourself enough to choose what's best for you, it's not my fault. John 3, 16, God so loved the world that whosoever, whoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Whoever believeth in him, whoever believeth in him, he says, I'm giving you options. You can choose me. Or you can choose it. But it can't do for you what I've already done for you. I don't have any reason to be jealous. Because if you really are mine, I don't have to fight for you. I've been patient with you. I've been kind to you. So I have no reason to be jealous about anybody that's around you. You know, the, the, the worst thing to do is to be with someone that's insecure. The worst thing in life to do is be with someone that's insecure because the, re the reality is the root of their insecurity is not your behavior, but it's that your behavior triggers something that they've already been through before. And essentially what the problem is with that is that the behavior that triggers what they've already been through before is showing you that even though they're with you, they're thinking about ooh, somebody else. I'm sorry, fellas, if this is getting you in trouble. Uh, ladies, if it's you. Uh, the, 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 the behavior that's triggering you is being triggered because even though you're with me, you're thinking about somebody else. Because if I was the best thing that ever happened to you, what you've been through don't even matter anymore. This is why I love the fact when God says that when we are made new in Christ Jesus, that we are a new creation. There is nothing to be jealous about. I'm not worried about how much you used to love turning up in the club. I'm not worried about how much you used to sway with that old music. I'm not worried about none of those things because them things 
ain't got nothing on me. I know who I am. I'm confident in my position, and as a result of it, I won't change. Can I tell you the problem with jealousy? Jealousy requires you to move from a position of love to a position of frustration. Jealousy requires you to move from a position of love to a position of current concern, a position of doubt, a, posi- a position of untrust. That's what jealousy does. Jealousy puts you on uneven ground. And as a result of operating with a jealous spirit, what it eventually does is it will destroy the very thing that had nothing wrong with it. But because you couldn't fix your previous problems, you've now damaged your future problems. You've created future problems that you didn't even have to create because you didn't take time to heal. You didn't take time to breathe. God took time. Man sinned in the garden, dressed him up, put him out the garden. Man made a mistake. Cain killed Abel, sent Cain away. Jonah decided that he don't want to go share the gospel. He let a whale catch him and fix him. God, he took time. And he did everything he could possibly do to show man, listen, I ain't got nothing else to do for you. Either you want me or you don't. This is why I believe God puts himself in a position that he does not change. My love has always been the same. I've always provided we, we sit here and we question, does God really love me? Why would he allow something to happen to me like this? Can I tell you something? The reason why you're questioning God's love, because you ain't read the Bible and you don't know how God loves. You don't understand how all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. This is why you throw a fit every time you're going through something. It's because you don't understand that God is just using this as an avenue to get you to where you need to be. This is not your final destination. This is just a process to get you to your purpose. But you're so busy pouting, and as a result of it, your process now becomes a problem. Your process now becomes a problem because it, now it, it caused you something that was causing you, that was supposed to drive you and move you, now has you in a position of stagnance. Oh, Pastor, why am I stagnant? Because I'm so busy while I'm going through, I'm looking at them. Why do they have this? Why are they blessed like this? That's that jealousy spirit, if y'all didn't know. Why are you raining on them, God? Why are, you, why, why are they married? Why can't I be married? Why do they have financial stability? Why can't I have it? Instead of saying, you know what, God? I love you enough that I'm not going to worry about who's to the left of me or to the right of me. I'm going to run my race. I'm going to run my race. I'm not going to worry about what somebody else is doing. I'm not going to worry about who cheering them on and who ain't cheering me on. I'm going to run my waist. I'm going to close with this. We had the Marriage Matters group this past week. I wish I had the video. I would throw it up. We We had a race. We had a race where we had a table and they had six cans on the table, two different colors. And the objective of this was to take three cans of the same color, take them to your end of the table and stack them up in a pyramid formation. That, that was the objective of the game, to take the cans from the central location that were mixed in all together. And all you had to do, you could not touch it with your hands. You and your spouse had to work together. You and your partner had to work together with one strand of spaghetti, uncooked spaghetti. Y'all know how fragile those things is. The little, and, and we designed it in such a way to make it difficult for people to do. There were pr- several times where people had failed behind. There were several times where couples had knocked 
the can over and they couldn't pick it up with their own hand. And, and that was an opportunity for them to be frustrated. There was an opportunity to be jealous of how well the other couple were working together and all of these other things. And people are saying, ooh, wow, what is it? All? They could have been all up in that jealousy vein. But you know what they were faithful to do? They were faithful to focus on what was in front of them. They began to work together. They, they, they then directed it, well, scoop it this way and slide it this way and pick it up this way. And you know what happened most of the time? The person, ooh, this is good. The person who was last became first. I don't know about y'all, but that's biblical to me. Can I help you understand something today? That just because you last now don't mean you won't be first later. Listen, I, I've seen races where people have came up from the back end and people were getting ready to celebrate and thought it was all over and out of nowhere somebody took first place from them. Can I help you understand you have no need to be jealous about anybody or anyone because what God has for you is for you. He loves you enough that you don't have to be jealous of how he blesses any one of his children because he said, you too are my child. I will give you everything that you need. Oh, this reminds me of another story. Reminds me of another story in the Bible. We'll close. We'll close. Another story in the Bible that was a prodigal son, a prodigal son that took everything that he wanted, took everything that he wanted, went off and swallowed it, lost everything, came back and asked his dad, dad, can I just work for you? Dad said, no, son, you can't work for me. You my son. You'll never work for me. Go get the best ring. Go get the best row. Kill the fattest calf. We finna have a party. My son is coming back. But that brother came. That brother came and said, Dad, how dare you? He's taking over half his inheritance. He took everything that you had already. And, and you leave me with nothing. And then you're going to give him some of my stuff. And, 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 and you're going to celebrate him after he's, he's done you wrong. And that father had to remind him, listen, son, you have nothing to worry about. Everything that I have is yours. Uh, just let me love my son while I have my son. Let me love your brother while I have my brother. Because we are all family. We're all in this together. We have no right to be jealous of anyone. Because where you are is either where you put yourself or where God has placed you for a process through a purpose. You have to determine, God, is this a self-place? or is this your placement? Because if it's a self-placement, all I got to do is get out the way. If I get out the way, you'll make everything make sense. Y'all might not look at love different, but I do. Look at love different because now I understand that love is me being confident in not only how much I'm worth, but whatever I'm saying I love, how much it's worth. I should never look at my wife and say, man, you're not worth going through all this. Never should look at the church and say, you're not worth going through all this. Because if I really love what God has called me to be a part of, whatever I called to do, I see the value in it, even when it does not look like it's worth anything. Love always allows me to be confident in the need. Because the reason why God put me with whatever I'm with is because it needs me just as much as I need it. So I'm not worried about being used. I'm committed to being utilized. God, utilize me however you see fit. Love allows me to be confident in my position. Yeah, God, I may only make a certain amount now. God, yeah, I may only have 50, 60 people now. But God, I'm confident that the position that you have me in is simply a process to get to me, get me where you want me to be. And so instead of making my process a problem, I'm going to be faithful to you through the process because I love you and I love what you've called me to do. And I want to believe that you're going to do amazing things through me and for me. So if you can open up your mouth and say that you love something, 
then you have to understand that part of love's reaction is being confident in each and every last one of these areas. Can we give God a hand clap of praise? What an amazing word from God. Listen, we thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to this message. And it's because of that that we want to extend two invitations to you. Our first invitation is if you're ever in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, for you to actually stop in and worship with us at Believer City Church. We would greatly appreciate the opportunity to get to know you better. The second thing that we would invite you to do is if you want to partner with us in ministry, this message has been able to impact your life in any way, form, or fashion. You're able to partner with us simply by going to our website at believercity.org and clicking on the Give tab and just donating whatever God allows your heart to do so. Uh, You can also download our app by going to Google Play or the app store and download Believer City Church and there's ways that you can connect with us there pray with us give and so many things that you can do to stay connected to the Believer City community we thank you again for listening to this message and we look forward to worshiping with you in the future God bless you